Welcome to HeroClix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on HeroClix, sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels just like I do. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event taking on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicksgmail.com. Also, private message me on acrealms.com under the ID of ColossusTN. Go to our Facebook page of HeroClix Borderlands where you can message me or just read the latest articles and videos I have run across about this wonderful game. This week is episode 22, the day after tomorrow. That's right, the day after the nuclear meltdown. Now, I'm not saying that a nuclear meltdown has occurred in Heroclix, but we are approaching the new rules, and we are also approaching some figures getting eroded and put on the watch list, and this is kind of showing us a new event. Something's changing. Heroclix is getting ready to go through a major change, and I just wanted to kind of sit down, get my head around it before we got into Mighty Thor, because in Mighty Thor, the new... Uh, rules will take effect and we will see how this game is affected and changed so let's get going let's look at the review of my week Uh, it's been a little over 14 days since I last had a podcast and I'm sorry about that Uh, the reason for it is pretty much Ah, just got a little busy doing some camps for my basketball and just really trying to get caught up playing some online games with Mark so that's been fun going through the Avengers Defenders War and What If, and now we're adding Elseworlds. Now, I wanted to get this in, this podcast in, before the drop of Elseworlds, but I just could not hold off. I wasn't able to get the podcast recorded before I got my case. I did get a case. I popped them. Me and Mark have already played one game with a booster draft on those, so I'll kind of go over that this week. Now, what have I done? Online, me and Mark have been pretty much going at it uh, it's been a great way to kind of just kind of go through figures and decide which ones we like and if you would pay attention on youtube my think tank videos are kind of well they're actually audios that are done on youtube but the think tank audios episodes is hero clicks borderlands think tank it's just me kind of getting some team ideas that are being generated by these games we have where we're trying out all these new figures taking a team idea germinating it up into what i might think is a competitive team and then we'll transition over over into hopefully a video of that team being tested now hopefully if you're really interested in that that might be a great way if you're a person who loves team builds and wants to look at some competitive ways to kind of test your team out i'm gonna go through that process i'm not gonna say i'm a, a expert at it but i am gonna go through the process you can see my process see how i'm doing it get my thoughts on it give me your input on it and we can go from there so i have two think tank episodes we are kind of currently working through one of the pogs that i think can have some potential and i'm in its second iteration of a team in episode two Hopefully by episode four, we'll have the final competitive team that I think that this this piece will be a part of. And then I can move it over to what I would call like a testing room, which would actually be a video match with it against um, a highly competitive team. So that's where I'm, I've been kind of working on. Now, me and Mark have had two online games since I last talked. Probably three, but the, there's two I just want to talk about. I also played a pickup game at my venue, and I'll talk about that briefly. I played with Matt. David was there also. I just kind of ran over. They called. They were going down there. 
It's about a 20 minute drive, but I just went ahead and shot over there because I think it's important, number one, that you develop a good relationship with local players and they, they provide you with a lot of support and inspiration and the ability to physically play the game. I love Matt. I love David. They're, they're great players. Um, I got to see David run a Avengers Defenders War Chase Hulk and he did something I normally would not do with that Chase Hulk is that he just continued on his colossal pushing him didn't care about the damage and just kept him attacking every round to me I'd be like well I don't want to give up the damage however I mean watching that reminded me that sometimes it's best to keep the pressure on I know in basketball we talk about continually pressing the ball, pressing the ball, making the opponent make mistakes, making them run, making them always feel like they're in trouble. And that Hulk can do that with his colossal stamina. And once it gets hit, and that's what he was doing, once he got hit, he just continued to push him in order to keep that plus one, get it up to a plus two, to continue the the destruction of the spirit of vengeance, Red Hulk. So... It was kind of good to watch. It kind of remind me that, you know, different play styles, it's important to know them, you know, and it's also important to kind of mix them up. Now, I was able to play Matt. I threw a team together. Uh, I'm trying to – let me remember off the top of my head. It was the two super rare Green Lanterns from Joker's Wild. I had a Clarion, the Witch Boy. I had a Dupe. I had a Shield Space Rig. And I had Gertrude and Old Lace. And I think that was it, maybe. And Matt ran a very interesting team that I had no idea how to handle. It was a KC team with Mixie. He had all the KC figures on their low point dials, and then he had Mixie as the true person out there. And he was looking for you to roll a critical hit or miss so that he could bring all of them back to life on their last click and that was a very intimidating game in the fact that it really taught me that I did not truly understand all the KC figures even though I think I do I didn't understand like what they could do when they were in their isolated from the world I also didn't understand their threat level and really it taught me that you know if you have a question pull out get the card look at it ask to read it you don't have to look at the back but get to know the figure you're going to get otherwise you have trouble just dissecting the team and kind of working against it never feel like you don't know it and in my case it was actually a little bit of arrogance in that i kind of understood how that team went and i said ah, it'll be all right i can i know what they do and i really didn't i had forgotten some of the abilities there were like three pieces on there that could actually end their isolated from this world state be able to hurt me and if I had going back if I had known that it could have made me do a threat assessment a little bit better so uh, that game went well. I lost it. However, it came down to our last pieces. About halfway through the game, I did roll a critical hit and activate all of them. I hadn't killed it. I had killed one of them, Shazam, and as on the critical hit that I activated the rest of them. So I'm sitting there in a room. I was using double barrier to try and prevent them from being able to attack me. Uh, Clarion, I lost Tickle very early. 
Old Lace was doing a pretty good job, but I used him to attack Mixie, and Mixie rolled out twice out of damage and used Clarion's Mystic's ability and a timely regen to kill a couple of them because they were having to take Mystic's damage, and that was then killing them off. The interesting thing about that game was, you know, just getting... Number one, seeing that KCs be played, which I've never seen before. And it's fun playing Matt, playing another player, seeing how he would run the team. He did some surprising things. Uh, he did go blow out a wall. Mixie's an interesting piece on that team in the fact that Mixie can change one of your dice. So if he has a good roll of a one or a six, he can change your dice to activate the KC flashes. Now, I had two... Um, Probs, so that really helped me out. But a couple of things I was trying, I realized that wouldn't work. Number one, I thought about putting Gertrude into the space rig in order to help her survive. However, I also realized that since she was in the space rig, what it was going to do is not allow her to use her trait to help York stay alive. I mean, Old Lace stay alive. So I ended up just popping her out. Um, it did have the shield team ability, so it came into play and you know it actually hit a player hit a hit a character which was pretty cool uh did it on its own so it took damage because it was attacking without a pilot but and i'm trying i'm still trying to remember if i played that right it, anyway so it's kind of casual games like that i believe that you kind of go play them and then you kind of review them in your mind and how you're doing and it helps you number one realize what mistakes you're making because in a tournament it's very much less forgiving but anyway that was that it's a fun game we only got one game in and we all had to leave but it's always fun to go down the venue be able to physically see somebody and play against them and just kind of sit around and talk about the different aspects of the game now mark me and mark have played two online games maybe more but i'm going to talk about two of them uh, the last one we played, I was trying to run a cable team. I was thinking cable at 120 points is probably, if you're going to look at one that does, a team that does not have super rares or chases, he might be one of the best common pieces, him or Batman. And at 120 points, he could call in somebody, though I didn't use him as a call-in ID person. So I was really looking for him. Uh, I had a Doc Strange. I had a Ironheart. Had that chase. I had 25 points. I had to get something on there. I wanted something that's hard to kill. Um, I had a... Hawkeye, which I love that Hawkeye. Let me go ahead and tell you, 30 points, sidestep, RCE. Really, the only thing else as good as Hawkeye, and I think he's pretty close to Hawkeye's ability, but he does not have a team ability, and that's going to be the gunfighter out of the new Elseworlds. Sidestep, RCE, awesome. Well, the Hawkeye has a little bit more damage, has some ability to do a defender's trait with Doc, Doc Strange. So he he looked like a pretty fun piece to play with. And I'm trying to remember, I had them and uh, I'm forgetting. Uh, but really the team rolled around the Hawkeye and the Cable and the Doc Strange and the ability to enhance and make the uh, abilities go. Oh yeah, I had a, I remember now, Daredevil Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
So I was really trying to do some abuse with Doc Strange where he's adding plus one to attack values and enhancing and empowering people um, using his ability to kind of give defense. And I was up against a Nico Moranu at 50 points, a Peter the, the uh, Hunter with his four pogs, uh, Gertrude and Old Lace with, with you know, Old Lace's pog Peace Machine, which was annoying, and a Colossal of... Who was it? Oh, Giant Man. Now, the map we played on was the Runaways base, which was interesting in the fact that I actually kind of misplayed that. I moved my team up to what I thought was a safe place, kind of out there like bait. Uh, Mark had moved Nico behind some blocking train, and I thought I did something pretty cool. I blew, some, I blew the blocking train out, and then I took a shot with Hawkeye, to really hurt Nico, and then I ran everybody away from Hawkeye so that the colossal retaliation through sidestep, colossal retaliation wouldn't work. Uh, some problems I did in that game, number one, I wasn't paying attention to changing my Doc Strange in and out. So I kept getting the wrong Strange in there. Like when I needed to carry one, I had already gone past the chance of being able to change them out. I should change them out at the end of the last round, so at the beginning of this round I could change them back or later in the round. So it's that mechanic of shifting focus about always having the best option available for the next turn. And I was getting kind of lazy and I wasn't moving them in, so that kind of hurt. And after a while, I was congratulating myself on my great first move, and Hawkeye killed himself killing Nico, which in the end only netted me a bonus of 20 points. But we played to the end, everybody killed. What I didn't realize, was in that runaway space, what I should have done is phased up to beside in that corner where the blocking train is. That would have kept Mark from being able to, you know, get any kind of shot on me. Next turn, I could have phased Cable over for a shot to kill the Colossal and could have flipped the battlefield. But, you know, that's kind of that map movement. I had a bunch of phasers. They could have flipped the battlefield, which would have been important to make Mark have to try to come around the blocking train and maybe be able to flip the battlefield to kind of change the way the attack angles were going. Now, in the end, it came down to Daredevil, and it, I just could not handle the pogs of Peter the Hunter. I didn't realize how good they were. I'd actually dismissed Peter the Hunter as a figure I probably didn't want. After I, after we played this game, I went out and immediately ordered Peter the Hunter. I want those pogs. It was amazing how, number one, the pogs, one of their actions doesn't count against your total. So automatically, they're giving you one more action. Second thing, they can carry each other. Mark was doing a great job of leapfrogging, meaning that one would carry one, and the next turn the other one would carry the other one. And they were just kind of leapfrogging. So they were these attackers had to worry about. Old Lace was running around, and Peace Machine was TKing him everywhere, which then became this annoying piece that you just can't kill. You have to get back to Gertrude, kill her. Otherwise, every time you hit that piece, he's just going to dump the damage on her. I still say in my Think Take episodes, we're kind of going through and trying to break um, Old Lace. I, I can't see how Old Lace is not going to be a meta piece. The ability to just take damage like that. And me and Mark ended up talking about it. Old Lace, if you look at it, 
can be hit five times before Gertrude dies. Well, how many figures for five clicks, of no matter how much damage they take, for five clicks continue to maintain the same stats that Old Lace has? And we're looking at 10 charge, 11 attack with blades, 17 defense with toughness, two damage with empower. That's crazy. It's crazy. And all that for a package of 50 points. And Gertrude brings you, with the new rules, she'll start bringing you plus one to your action total because she has leadership. And if she rolls it, you can remove something from a young runaways or, I mean, young Avengers or runaways. And while I don't find a lot of useful pieces, maybe later they'll have them. So you got to keep that in mind. Now... Let's get back to this match. It really came down to me just getting swarmed out. Uh, I didn't realize that really Peace Machine was the piece that was limiting my damage, was causing a lot of problems on the battlefield, and it wasn't just from the damage limitation point where, you know, Peace Peace Machine has that trait that when you take damage, you can't take more than three. Now, I, I found out later, kind of researching, that's after reducers. The way I understand it right now is after reducers. Peace Machine works after reducers, so it's damage taken. Um, so we were kind of playing, and the Peace Machine was the threat I needed to take out because it was actually limiting some stuff for me. It was limiting uh, my damage capability. However, even worse than that, and, and especially since I had Cable with Psychic Blast 4 damage, he was automatically limited to, even if he's trying to Psychic Blast, uh, he's going to be limited to only um, 3 damage. The big thing it was doing is the ability to TK, especially with the pogs around and be able to carry pogs and sidestep. It was just causing me all kinds of issues with with mobility for the pogs. And the map we had didn't have a lot of hindering terrain, which would have slowed the pogs down. So we ended up kind of me running around and it came down to just Daredevil getting swarmed. He was the last one. I was hoping his defense would hold out and Old Lace finally hit him. And you know what? Daredevil just ran out of juice in the, in the tank. Uh, number one, you know what that teach me? Well, Mark loves running swarm teams. He's very good at it. And you have to really do a proper threat assessment. If you don't have pulse wave or energy explosion, which allows you to take out pogs, really that's why it's there, or a multi target in cap you run into the risk of just struggling to not be out actioned and when you're being out actioned when you're being outmaneuvered because of the excessive figures you know you can really kind of get pummeled on them especially if you don't have a figure that can just absorb the damage and shrug it off now um that was kind of that game. Uh, drove me crazy. Mark loved it. Of course he would. It was a, a great team for him to kind of run and do. The other game we played was in Elseworlds, and we played on the High Noon map, which I love the High Noon map. It's very 
straightforward. It's going to get you to the middle of the board. Uh, not a lot of hindering train, uh, enough to cause you some issues. There's enough blocking train to make it like you running out from behind the post and shooting. However, it's wide open enough, it can create some aggressive play. I went with a Green Lantern. Uh, and the boosters, we had chosen three boosters. Of those three boosters, one of them had a Green Lantern. Not the Green Lantern that can carry everybody. We're talking about the Green Lantern number... Let me pull him up here. He is number 29, the 90.1. He gave me perplex, he gave me the ability to carry a lot of my people. Also went with a gunfighter who became one of my MVPs. I also went with a clockwork man, which was actually another MVP. And I had two Diana Princes Justice Riders, which was amazing. I knew they were gonna be good, I didn't know how good they would be. Now, Mark went with Flash. Uh, the 005 Flash. I think it's 005. Yes. He went with a Batman, the shifting focus Batman that gives everybody, can perplex everybody's one value. He went with a Superman. It was the Superman that was number 15. Yes, the one that can't KO people. And he had a Wonder Woman Justice Rider. Now, I ended up just moving up just enough to where I was out of his range and he was going to have to extend to come get me. He ran, he ran uh, Flash up there, tried to hit, I believe he did damage, uh, I think he hit Green Lantern, and then he ran back onto Hindering Train with a 20 defense. And then I proceeded to make three rolls against uh, Flash almost killing them. This forced, with Flash being on his last click, this forced Mark to bring Superman up with John Jones. I'm sorry, yeah, he had John Jones, Justice Rider. He brought him up to base my team, and he brought up a object so he could kill somebody next. I then proceeded to, I had taken both of my Wonder Women and ran them into the buildings on the side, each on each side. And I had taken Green Lantern and put him in the middle of the street and put um, Clockwork Man to the side and Gunfighter behind him. Then what happened was John Jones got a double barrel Wonder Woman. They both ran out, shot John Jones. I was able to make the roll and he failed his shape change. Immediately John Jones is gone. So now Mark's down a piece. Flash is hurt very badly. He's now forced to bring Wonder Woman up. And where he was getting some roles for her leadership, which is amazing, he wasn't getting it now. He was forced then to put to make Superman kill Green Lantern to get rid of one of my attackers, but then Superman had to take a click of damage. And my Clockwork Man then hit him again, rolling a 10, and I proceeded to take his Superman down. Um, one piece that was really wrecking a lot of people is the gunfighter being able to take his RC, bump up his attack, maybe perplex with um, Green Lantern. I could get his attack up to a 13 and he could do one damage on Flash and he ended up killing Flash that way. He's able to hit other pieces and we kind of went back and forth. He damaged my Wonder Woman which I would just have to say that Wonder Woman is an amazing piece 
And what we ended up doing is it came Wonder Woman versus Wonder Woman, Clockwork Man versus Batman. My Wonder Woman ran out from behind a beam, shot his Wonder Woman, knocked her back three spaces, which then forced him not to be able to to reach me unless he increased his range. He did. He hit, I believe. However, she gets RCE with sidestep. I was able to kill that one. He was able to kill my Wonder Woman with his Batman, and then it left Batman and a very hurt other Wonder Woman. Well, my I killed his Wonder Woman. He was left with Bat. Batman killed one of my killed off one of my Dino Prince Justice Riders. I was left with Clockwork Man and a very hurt Diana Prince Justice Rider with only one click left. And he was left with Batman at top dial. My Clockwork Man was at top dial. I just had to run up and base him after he had gotten two tokens. Um, Cleared. Diana Prince was right behind my Clockwork Man. He struck with Batman, which didn't really do anything other than force Clockwork Man to take one click of damage. So I stepped up Wonder Woman and then proceeded to hit Batman onto his 18 defend click and then made a very good roll of nine, I believe, to actually hit him past that and then was able to finish him off next round after he killed my Wonder Woman, my Diana Prince, because he had to. I was up attackers on him. He couldn't let me just sit there and wail on him. Uh, it was a great match. Uh, he hate that I beat him down, but really wasn't a beat down. It was just kind of getting used to these figures. I would recommend that Diana Prince for 70 points is amazing. Her ability for her leadership, when she rolls her leadership, if she hits it, everybody that she shares a keyword with, not any keywords with, they get plus one to their attack and plus one to their defense. Now, she has the pass keyword and the Justice League, and everybody on my team had that. And at certain points in the game, I would roll it at the right time and get those plus ones, which made a difference in a couple of times him not being able to damage some of my pieces. So you're looking at... She can also take tokens off and be able to do that and give you an extra action. And she's doing four damage with a running shot. Now, I will say that she can be hurt. She could potentially be one-shotted. Be very hard, but she has five clicks, and she's only got toughness. No way, but she's got willpower, and she's got six range. So, And her other big trait is high noon. If she hits a character last, they have to target her. Which is interesting when you get to her sidestep clicks, which means that if she's standing out there, she can shoot somebody. She can sidestep behind like some blocking train. That can lock that that person down from doing range for the next turn. Um, So I I think she's very good. She has police, past, and justice league. So I think past is a very strong keyword. Justice league is another keyword I think is going to start coming on. And so... She could be a very important piece, especially with the new uh, rules coming out about leadership. So that match was fun. Uh, As I said, what did I learn from it? Love the Diana Prince Justice Rider. Love her, love her. Clockwork Man, I wasn't sold on him, but really, I can start seeing some uses for him. He's got shape change. He's got, um, let me pull him up, stealth. And... 
He has precision strike, and if he hits, then it's a minus one to their attack value. And he has, at the end of his style, regen, which can make him very dangerous. He's got 17 defense to start with. He does have indom, and he only costs you 45 points. Now, I would also say Gunfighter was a pleasant surprise with his 25 points of don't ignore him because his stats don't change. He loses one on defense on his last click, and he loses one on speed starting with his third click. However, his attack value never changes. His defensive value is 16 until his final 15. He has a one damage with RC on every click, and he has five range. So he does have the ability to get his attack value up to an 11 for one, one click. He also has a high noon trait, and so... You can, if you hit with him and run him away, the the character will have to target him with a range attack if they're going to make a range attack. I think for 25 points, that's an amazing piece. He only has the pass keyword, but there's a lot of pass teams out there that might be able to use him. So that was some big takeaways on that. I, I do like the Batman. That Batman with that super perplex was interesting. However, me and Mark talked about it. He works best as a shifting focus Batman where he has more options to kind of move in and out with. Him stuck on perplex made Mark not have any outwit, not have a good attacker. And if he can just be able to shift out, he will be a great addition to the world's finest Batman shifting focus. And I really hope they keep that mechanic. So that would mean that in their next DC step, they need to get those shifting focus pieces back in there. Now, as you know, that was my week in review. Well, I was also going to tell you, I do have a most wanted list for what I call Elseworld set. Uh, my most wanted, these are the pieces I'm most excited about, and I, I wanted to just share them with you, and I can let you know if I got them. In the common slot, the one I'm really looking for is Green Lantern. I did buy a case. I did get him. I don't think I got more than two of them, which I was a little bit disappointed in. I thought like two or three would be cool, but he's awesome. Uncommon, not going to believe this, but I've been wanting that Necron, the Bat God. I thought he would be amazing. You know, his ability to give everybody, when he dies, then nobody can be targeted outside of four. Um, is he going to work at a 300-point match? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I would like to try him and just kind of find out. Uh, also, rare, of course, everybody wants this. It's the Ray. Casey, I did pull a Necron. I did pull a Ray. I can't wait to try the four-target, eight-range piece. Um, probably one of my biggest ones. I, and I want to try his hidden from the world trait where he can just lock somebody down. He ends with a 19 defense, regen. He doesn't have any damage reducers. However, 11 attacks and 10 attacks, pretty good speed. Uh, four damage, three, three with RC, three with RC, two with support, two with support. He's got pulse wave in the middle. He's got sidestep, eight range, four targets. What's not to love about him? And he's got precision strike with four targets. Wow. And four damage. Uh, Kingdom Come ability. So he's going to be able to not only not be outweighed unless it's or have his abilities upped or downed unless they have the KC team ability. He also, when he's targeted from range, gets to kind of evade it. So that's pretty cool. Now, my super rare I wanted, now I did get a ray. I might have got two. I'm not too sure. Uh, the flying Batman was a super rare I really wanted. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted different ones. Colonel Wayne was up on that list. However, you know, some people want Al Jordan. 
I wanted Flying Batman. I just saw a Flying Batman at 140 points. I think that's the new hotness is the 140-point piece. I think the 140 to 120-point piece are going to be your team drivers, uh, the pieces that drive the team that the other team kind of works around. And you create versatility around it. Uh, I think the flying Batman with the Batman team ability and the Superman team ability and his ability to, uh, I believe, do hypersonic with four damage and 11 attack. And let me see. It's just too cool. And he's got Endom, seven range. Only thing he would need to make him any better is some kind of regen. Now, he's only seven clicks deep, but we're starting to see that on dials, 140 points. I think he would be fun to run. However, I wasn't able to pull him. And I was a little sad. A little disappointed in that. He's one of the super rares I really wanted. Thought he had a cool looking sculpt. So I ended up going out and just biting the bullet and on eBay went ahead and ordered him. He's about $20, which I thought was a pretty good price for a super rare, especially this soon after set. I know everybody's saying Shay should have waited. I agree. Even think about it. Economically, it would make sense to wait. However, I really want him. My collector in me got, got the best of me. I also wanted him here so I could do some play testing with him. Go ahead and get ready. Like if I have a major tournament in August and I'll have him instead of having to wait until after the Mighty Thor set. So I took my chance. I also went ahead and ordered Colonel Wayne because I wanted him too, uh, because I wanted the Pog generator. Mark is making me believe, and the Pog armies might be coming back. They might be coming back. There's some interesting pieces that have some good Pogs that can make a difference in the game. At least I want to try them out. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not thinking of Jakeem or anything like that. I did pull a Sinestro. I'm very interested in using it. And he, once again, once again, fits 140. Seven clicks deep. Batman enemy. So, this, he looks like an interesting piece to run. I don't know. So, looking at that. Just looking at these 140 pieces are starting to show up. I did pull an Elijah Snow. I do want to try to run him, see what's going on. Now, the chase I wanted, the one chase I wanted was the Green Arrow, and I did pull it. I just think the sculpt looks cool. I like the thought process about where if he has one action token, he can't make a range attack. Because you know why? Because he's got one arm. He can't reload the bow. He's going to have to wait. Now, if you get close to him, he can punch you with your bow. But he is kind of neat. Um, there is some stuff, and I'll talk about later, about him that's going to have to be clarified. Or it doesn't have to be clarified, but I think we're all wishing it would work a certain way. And I'll kind of go over it later. But he is my chase on one. I got him. He's going for over $100, so that was awesome. However, I talked Mark into getting the Robin. And some of y'all go, what? Why are you getting a Robin? I just, I don't know. I, I was looking at it. Mark went out there, and it's the cheapest of all the chases. It's about $50. And I just look at it, and, and for Mark, it's going to work great. It produces a vehicle. And that vehicle can be killed, and it can produce another one. Has enhancement, has, and the Robin has support. Got precision strike, 17 defense Batman ally, produces these vehicles that can carry people. Uh, the Bat Cycle, which can carry one passenger 
and your Batwing, which can fly, has sidestep, and can carry two people. It, it's that's just pretty cool. I think that's pretty good. 18 defense with super senses. I think those that can make a difference on a team. The ability to get some pogs around or something like that. I think that produces some very usable pogs, and so. Uh, and it doesn't require an object to create like overdrive. Now overdrive can can, can continually can make his pogs. She only gets to make two, and they're very situational where they're not going to get the bat cycle or bat wing. However, it can bring a lot of mobility for only 45 points, and the vehicle will be able to heal too when she's in it on her first click. So, might be something you think about. The um, so Mark thought, wow. I run Pogs. I want to go get it. So you know what? The the case was awesome. Had a great time getting all those pulls, and really liked what some takeaways very, very quickly on the case. Number one, I'm starting to believe What If was a more rushed set than Elseworlds. Some clues that I have in the starter set that we got. When we pull out the What If starter maps, they're not labeled with A, B, C at the top and one through 24 on the sides which when we're playing online makes it harder for us to tell which column we're in when we're trying to tell the other person where we put a piece because sometimes the the video doesn't match up and it's hard to tell when you're looking at the other person's map on the video and when i pulled out the elseworlds one it had those on it so why did you not put that little small detail on the maps you put in this other? Just kind of points to just how rushed this set might have been. Quality control was also lower, I believe, on the What If set. I had more, I had a Moon Dragon that was messed up. I had more bent or broken figures in my What If, probably four or five, and I did not have any issues like that. I had maybe one bent figure in the Elseworlds. So I'm hoping that now that we're past this, our quality control is going to go up. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. That's the, the week in review. I'm going to move on to our main topic, which is the day after tomorrow. Uh, what is on the horizon for Heroclix? And there's a lot of stuff going on. Number one, I think this is something to address. And I even went through it, and I'm just going to give you my thoughts on it, is that... How can uh, how can you you not start to feel a little burnout? Uh, I think burnout could be a problem. There's been a lot of sets put out, uh, a lot of uh, duplicate uh, sculpts. See, my wife, when we opened up the Elseworlds case, she goes, oh, you have all these figures. They look exactly the same. I said, but the dolls are different. She goes, oh, it's so hard to tell. Um, however, her favorite was Dale Suderman. Since I'm a basketball coach, she loved the basketball player, and I did get him. He's pretty cool looking. Go jam. Pump up the jam. Pump it up. Anyway, sorry. All right, little. Who was that? Salt and pepper? I think so. Um, looking at burnout, it could be happening. I noticed when I got my case, I brought my Elseworlds case in. I set it down. I go, huh. I was having a hard time getting excited to open it. I'd been opening so many boosters, even at Origins, and you know, it, it was just a momentary. But I did not want to open up a 
a a bunch of bad quality figures figures i wasn't happy with i must say this is an exciting set elseworlds pretty exciting it has some very different pieces and i always recommend go play the set inside of the set meaning that play the set i love playing it play the set as by itself in like a draft tournament and then add other sets to it just because of it just gives you a chance to see these pieces in isolation outside the competitive environment and makes you have a little bit more fun with them and there's a lot of variety in these even in the reuse sculpts uh, the powers and abilities are not cookie cutter now side note on that it is a bad time i believe to be burnt out looking at the pictures posted by heroclix brazil and i'm going to be adding them to my facebook page if you're not on my facebook page i put stuff out there all the time and go out and be part of it the going to put out well sorry heroclix brazil put out pictures of from san diego comic con of the new thor set and i must say once again thor might be getting the best sculpts i've seen in a while now if we go back to uh, hammer of thor those were some of the best sculpts i've ever seen them and arkham asylum they were just so detailed and if i'm pulling up heroclix brazil's page and i just want to point out it looks like hella uh, I think he has one shot of Hela in the background and she's standing on a bunch of skulls. And I just think that sculpt looks killer. I mean, it's just crazy looking. I think it looks really good. Executioner looks good. Scourge. I get, well, no, it's not Scourge. It's Executioner. Executioner looks really good. Um, let me pull up the, the uh, actual... Oh, here's another one. Oh, uh, looks like... Um, What's that thing? The destroyer? I just pulled up some. I've got a destroyer on there. Ah. One of the Warriors 3 with the uh Fandral, I believe. Hella. Oh my. And Thor Frog. Throg. Yeah. Yeah. He looks good. 45 points. You got a Hella super rare or chase i don't know you got a thor odin son that has an awesome dynamic sculpt uh, let's see Ooh, a giant frost giant that looks pretty cool that's pretty cool i'm gonna say uh looks like the female thor we got a new female thor seven range 130 or 40 points. Got the Executioner. Got his axe. Looks like a Rocket Raccoon in a armor. We got a Groot. A normal size Groot. Well, a giant size Groot with like a green cape carrying... Oh my, that looks like Milnor. It's carrying a hammer. Uh, ooh, got some kind of trident. That's an object. Oh man, Hello Sculpt is so cool. Uh, uh, Destroyer, Loki Sculpt look cool. Objects, there's another one. Dueling Sword, Fandral, 60 points. Looks like he's a super rare. Okay, that's all I gotta say. I mean, sculpts look pretty good, and these are actual sculpts. Um, yeah. 
I'm gonna say this is not a good time to be burnt out. I think I think this set's gonna up his quality back and make it. Oh, cool! Frogs Lodenor. So it's 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 Thor Frog's hammer. Oh, that is awesome. Oh. Okay. Okay, you got to get this set. I, 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 I'm sorry you're burnt out. It looks like they've done a pretty good job. We'll start seeing once we see the uh, other things. But you also have, like, blood. Ten points for blood, and it's a heavy object. I believe that's the Executioner's Axe. Blood Axe. Yeah, and see, I think this mechanic's going to be kind of neat. Uh, I wasn't around for the Fear Itself, I think, series where they had the Book of Skull. No, was that the Book of Skulls with the hammers? But I, I want to know how these objects kind of work. The objects are supposed to come with the characters. Characters get to use them for free. So, like, the Executioner can automatically add a Blood Axe to your force for free, just like the weapons drop with the Batman. So... I can understand the burnout. I felt it with, okay, I'm having to spend a lot of money. It's a big drain on me. But this Thor set looks about amazing. And it's been verified if you, by looking at the starter set from these pictures, you will have, the, the new PAC is coming out with the starter set in this. And it even says it on there. So um, I'm just gonna go ahead and share it right here, people. Share to a page. It is now going on to my PureClix Borderland. Sculpts, looking, H-O-T, and that's my Hammer of Thor reference. And comment, see if you agree with me or not. Okay, so I got that shared out there. Uh, let's talk about what else is on the horizon. That's on the horizon. We got Thor. It looks cool. Looks like they're going to add a new mechanic. I'm always cool when they add a little bit new mechanic. Objects are coming back. Getting away from resources. That we just had them announce at the X-Men set, which is coming out in February, which we're all excited for because I'm sitting there thinking Uncanny X-Men is going to rotate out of Modern coming next June. Yes, next June they'll rotate out. So we need the X-Men. And the X-Men are going to have id cards what what's going on id cards x-men id cards oh man that's gonna be crazy a deadpool id card can you imagine also i can't see how they won't have something like the teleporter called cerebro i just i, I can't imagine them not doing it or the blackbird being like the quinjet so we can have a return of that hopefully they don't make them all stupid I'd like for them to fix the teleporter a little bit, maybe make it more viable as a resource with the cards. Uh, but it can be kind of stupid, the cards can, because for five points you can bring in a click on its top dial, being able to do something. So, and that, that's even if the figure that's bringing it in is hurt. Or some little small trade-offs you have to do, but hey, it is for five points is kind of worth it all right so also on the horizon we had a huge huge ruling almost immediately after coming out back from origins uh, beginning of july we got this watch list of pim tank goblin king faust and jakeem and usually on a watch list, they do it every quarter. They came out this quarter, put them out there, and then sometimes they just sit around and watch them and then make a ruling the next quarter. But they didn't even wait. Four days later, the rulings came out. All four figures had something to do. Jakeem, 
pretty much made the statement that they felt like the new rules were gonna help nerf him. Don't know since he still has the ability to pilk stealth and he's gonna be harder to outwit. Um, but they felt like the new rules were kind of helping to handle him. Goblin King, they felt, was too overpowered with Power Cosmic, so he only gets Power Cosmic on his top dial. His 175-point and 75-point dials he won't. My personal opinion, that's a little bit too much of a hit on Goblin King. Probably hurts him a little too much. Probably didn't need it on his 75-point dial. 175 I was kind of okay with, but it was ridiculous at 75 points. However, what does this mean? The 175 point piece is gonna be very hard to run. You're either gonna choose 275 or you're going down to 75. 75 is still one of the best support pieces in the game. If Goblin King had came out with that at the beginning, that would be where everybody be gravitating towards. This is 75 points. Still ridiculously stupid at 75 points. A figure that can choose two powers uh, and has some other powers on his on his dials for four clicks, but you know he can hang around there. Now they also ruled that Goblin King had to choose his powers at the beginning of the turn, which is important because there's some abuse going on that you could choose something like enhancement turn before, use it the turn before, like he had two tokens on him. He choose enhancement and, and uh, prob. Use it to turn before, use it to begin the next turn, and then choose again towards the end, and then let Goblin King pull off like poison or something like that. So, I mean, I mean well, not poison, that's not a great idea. Maybe defend or something different. So, moving that around. So, now we got Jakeem, no change. Goblin King, Here's, here's a new power set. Pim Tank. Probably the most abused piece. Uh, even I would admit, I had to go buy a Pim Tank because of its potential. I had to just go buy one before I played at the Origins, at Origins, because I I felt handicapped without that little eight-point piece. Well, the Pim Pocket Tank now, when it is, when you use it in an attack, it does not do penetrating damage, which hurt it. And it does not allow you to add your damage afterwards. So either you get, when you use it, you have to choose to use it to do its damage or you do your own damage. Uh, so you wouldn't use the minus one. So if I'm using the pin pocket tank, really that's gonna limit the options. Am I gonna put it on every click? No, I'm gonna use it to number one, change the board, separate pieces, spatially change the board to make it look better. I'm gonna trade that 50 points for that. It's actually 42 extra points, but 50 points I'm gonna trade in order to break your team up. And I'm looking at pieces to use it. Probably Captain America, the chase, because she's only got two damage anyway. Uh, it's not really hurting her. It kind of gives her more of an energy explosion and lets her damage several pieces at once. Kind of hurts that it's not penetrating. So now Invincible, once the new rules drop, Invulnerable, Impervious, Invincible, they're just gonna ignore it. Currently, Invincible would take one, but Impervious and Invulnerable character would just ignore it. They wouldn't even take any damage from it. So it, it kind of balances it out. Is it still a good piece? Yes, but you're gonna have to make a decision on whether or not it works on your team. It's not an automatic point that you put on there because everybody was saving eight points to put that on their team. Now it's gonna be like, eh, I don't know. I, maybe I can use this in a better way, which I think is good for the game. 
And finally, Faust. Banned. All hail the banning of Faust. Everybody that thinks Faust was stupid, please raise your hand. Yes, I'm raising my hand. I thought Faust, yes, he had to be banned. It was just ridiculous. He he needed to be 150 points. He needed to be 150 points. He needed to all his powers be in range. I, I, it was just ridiculously stupid. It been abused. And nobody likes a click that can determine the fate of the game without you being able to do anything about it. And that's really what I did. I remember uh, David was great in trying to prepare me for Origins, and he played uh, a Faust against me just to kind of get me used to how to handle it. And he said, this, this piece is stupid. It's not fun to play. I can just stay back here behind barriers and keep rolling until I hurt you and win that way. Yeah, he said, there's no fun in that. And I, I agree, there's no fun in that. Faust has to be, has to be made to be more aggressive. This was his last year. I guess they banned it because they were tired of air-rodding him. He's been air-rodded once. He's been on the watch list way too many times. It's just time to go. Mystical teams are so strong anyway, it was just time to move him on. So, looking at that, I also want to look at what what's this impact to the watch list for the horizon of Heroclix at a uh, store, regional, and world level. Store level, PIM tank, I think is a small. I don't think a lot of people play PIM tanks at, at store level. Just small. Regional and world, this is huge. This is huge. It's going to change the landscape of how you're going to build your competitive teams. It's not going to be an automatic. Uh, it's going to be more situational. And you're going to see teams without them. Before you didn't. Uh, you're going to look at Goblin King. I think it's small as a store. Uh, it, you might have one character, one guy who will have it and plays it all the time. I think at a store level, the problem will be players who don't keep up with the erratas and the watch list and having to re-educate them on what this means and how Goblin King isn't what they think he is. He's kind of changed. But at once again, at a regional world level, meta level, it's going to have a large impact at the 175-point Goblin King. I think he's pretty much gone. I might be wrong, but I think the 175-point Goblin King is gone. However, at the 75-point Goblin King, you're going to have to decide if you really you have room for him. He's not an automatic play, but just like the Pym Tank, he's very strong. He's probably the best support piece. I mean, I, I can't emphasize it enough how many pieces can go from being anything you want him to support you to, hey, he's a secondary attacker. Only four clicks, and that's his downside, and he no longer has power cosmic, but he can choose willpower, or when he is pushed, he can choose two powers that are passive that he can help you with. So I, I think he's still gonna have a huge impact. I think the main impact of the watch list is he is now not gonna be used at the 175. Faust. <laughs> I don't think he was used at a local venue. We don't have him used a lot at our local venue. He's not fun to play. So I don't think that's even an impact to the local venue. Regional and world, I think it's a major impact, but it's a major impact that everybody wanted. Everybody wants to be able to say, I don't want to use him. I don't want to bring him just in case everybody else is using him. I just want him to go away. I mean, the winner of The Rock last year, that was a... Oh, I can't even say his name. Isaac Stad. 
I don't know why. I don't I don't have it. I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm sorry. I don't have your name. Please yell at me in an email about not getting your name right. And I can look it up. Let me look it up. Ed Arnold Berkowitz. Awesome. He's an awesome player. I, I saw him at Origins maybe a year before, and his son's very good too. But he is Rock World Champion. Even he said he wants it banned. So it is banned. It's going to be banned for rocks. I don't, I think it's a major impact on the on the medicine, but it's one that everybody applauds. Jakeem, negligible. They didn't do anything to him. Uh, they're hoping the rules will take care of him. We'll see. And you're not going to be able to find that out until rules hit and the next, the fall WKO's fall. And I, I don't think maybe he gets on the watch list again. If he does, then they make a change to him. It's going to be how many, if every team has a Jakeem, they'll, they'll want to do something about it. But I don't know. Like, what's Thor going to bring us? We don't know. So I kind of, that's part of the horizon. This watch list made a change. Also, the horizon, I put it out there. Derek Stringer making a case, making an impact in the game. Way to go, Derek. Derek is starting. He brought his uh, his BYFO crew, his blow-your-face-off momentum, and he is going through and falling up on a dream. He wants money, cash tournaments for Heroclix, and he's starting one, and he's announced it. So he's going to be doing this, I believe, in August. It's going to be in Atlanta. It's $25. Uh, the, the payout's going to be the top four teams. It's a 1K tournament. That means $1,000 in prize money. $25 to be in. It's going to be a 300-point modern. It is $500 for first, $250 for second, $125 for third and fourth. Also, The Rock is supporting this tournament as a test tournament to see if a money circuit would work, if we need money tournaments. So, wow. Didn't think, you know, we see those in Magic... I don't know what to say about it. I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's awesome to have another high-level tournament. Uh, am I okay with playing for money? I, I'm okay with playing for money, I, but I also think that money tournaments bring out the worst in people. I just went to Origins, and I've got to say, for the majority of the players I played against, it was an awesome experience. We're all playing for the love of the game. We want the title. We're playing for titles. We're playing for plastic superheroes. Is that going to change with money? Is that going to bring in a different element? I don't know. And this is just a test case. I would hope that as players, we'd keep the same level of love for the game and kind of reach out for it and just use this as a different type of tournament. Instead of a product, we get money that we can buy a product with and not take it too seriously. However, get up to a million dollar tournament like Versus, whatever. Does it bring the love for the game out? Um, So at a local level, I don't know if I see cash tournaments growing down to the local level. Not like Magic. I think Magic's portability, cheaper cost, and their ability to do like $10 tournaments that are like $100, they do $100 tournaments. I don't think Heroclix will ever get down to that. It's like betting 
It's like prize money. I, I don't think. I think OP kits are going to drive the local scene. I, I love the concept, Derek. And I think it's going to be great as another venue, another avenue for meta players to get to, and another avenue for players who want to be more competitive to go test and grow, just like the. World, World Series of Poker Tour, World Poker Tour, allows people to kind of pop in. As long as it's always keeping, I don't know if I want a closed professional circuit. I would love a circuit that allows amateurs to kind of locals to kind of compete against the pros. I'd almost say like my wife loves to watch surfing. And surfing, when they go to a location, they have local qualifiers that allow them, kind of like a U.S. Open, that allow them to join the pro circuit and they get to go against pros and they have a chance to win. So I think these tournaments, while you might see more pros going to, and these people who play more serious, hero clicks more, spend more time on it, then they might be going to more and more cash tournaments, especially in the region. It's a great way for you to go in and pretty much pay $25 to really hone some skills and go at it. Hopefully it doesn't bring out the worst. So I think at a regional level, it's gonna make a big impact. I think it's gonna compete against The Rock, but I'm kind of glad The Rock is backing it so The Rock can kind of fold it into it. At a national level, it's gonna take a while, Derek. I believe it'll take a while to organize it into a pro circuit if that's the way you're wanting to head or if you're just wanting to create an option for cash tournaments which is um, i think an amazing option i don't know if i want to go to a pro circuit but you could you could move it to a pro circuit that mean you'd have to move it around the country and try to hit some areas at a world level since derek is doing it and i and i kind of love this part it's more independent of the Heroclix world level that is controlled by WizKids and that the Rock's making some inroads on because Rock World Championship is right almost there. They can't offer as much. They're, they're right there with the World Championships and I would assume the Pro Circus wanted to get there but the World Championships is controlled by WizKids. I don't think WizKids not being involved in this money tournament kind of momentum I think is good for the game. It's good for it in my opinion because it allows WizKids to go out there and produce and think about the local and allow the natural uh, the natural evolution of the meta outside of the local venue. And I, people might not agree with me on that, but I think if WizKids would focus on the local, to me, I would hope they'd focus on the local with an eye on the meta, create fun at the local, an eye on the meta so you're not creating broken pieces that destroy the meta, and allow it to kind of grow naturally and allow us to join it whether we want to or not. So I think they need to stay apart. When they start, because I feel like if they get involved in to get involved in the cash side and start pushing that, that could push the type of products they get and it could turn into, I don't think, as much fun in their set. So people are going to disagree with me. That's fine. Uh, just one thing I've been thinking about, am I going to go support the tournament? Derek, I would be down there and I'd love to play in the first one. The I've got to check your 
dates, see if I can get down there. Uh, but I am wholeheartedly supporting it. I'd love to be down there. You're closer to me than even any of the rock uh, states, and that's incredible. You're five hours away. It's the one I might be able to make outside of the Rocktober that I might, I'm hoping to go to. Maybe my wife's talking to me. I should go. I don't know. I, I just want to experience it. So... Derek, I just want to thank you for doing this. And I also want to thank Derek for following up a dream. It just shows me one man can make a difference. He is out there. He's trying to make a difference. He's putting something out there. Could it fail? Yes. Could it succeed? Yes. But he's throwing it out there. He's out there. He's putting his his reputation on the line. Keep it up. All right. Um, I wanted to also go on the horizon of Heroclix. Uh, what's coming up? is this Chase Green Arrow. And I wanted to go over this. There's some discussion about his special trait, and let me pull up his special trait. His special trait is pretty incredible. This is a piece that, number one, is a great, just a great piece. Uh, He has five clicks, he's 80 points, He's got a 10, 9, 8, 8, 7 movement. He's got 12 attack, followed by 11, 11, 12, 11. He's got defense of 17, 16, 16, 16, 16. First three clicks are combat reflexes. Last two are um, super senses. His last two attacks are precision strike. His last two movement is stealth. His first three movement is leap climb. His damage values are three, 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 two, and two. His last two damages it has outwit, and the threes all have RCE. He has an indom. He has an eight range. He ignores elevated, hindering train, and characters for targeting. Uh, he has a special trait: the Dark Knight returns, not hiding anymore. When Green Arrow occupies clear terrain, he can use sidestep, and opposing characters can't draw lines of fire to him unless they are within squeeze three squares of him, or he has two action tokens. So until he gets his second action token, people can't see him unless they're three squares away. That's crazy. You don't want to get that close to this guy. He's going to sidestep, boom, boom, base you. And now he's got 19 defense with combat reflexes. Uh, Green Arrow can't make... if it's it, it still hurts when it's cold. Green Arrow can't make range attacks when he has one action token. I just find that so funny. That is such a cool trait. Because he's got one arm, people. He's shooting with his mouth. He can't reload that quick. But he can sit there, fire, and then beat you with a bow. Or headbutt you. I... I, I Okay, maybe for me, sometimes I geek out. That's awesome. But here's the big controversy. I won't say big controversy. I I don't think it's controversy. Aaron Cantu has been on on, on Facebook telling us how this will be ruled because they have inconsistently in the past ruled this type of power a certain way. However, I think we're all hoping for this to be the silver bullet against Jakeem. And sometimes you just see what you want to see in there. And let me read the power. When Green Arrow hits with a ranged attack, the hit target can't, heart target can't use defense powers until your next turn. If the hit target has a Kryptonian keyword, also give it an action token. Now, imagine this piece has 8 range, 12 attack with a 3 damage and RC. He can bump his attack value up to a 14. He's going to hit most pieces. He can see through everything but blocking. He's going to do three damage. The one thing we're all in agreement is, is that when he shoots, 
You're able to use energy shield deflection because that's done before the attack hits. And you're able to use super senses because that allows you to evade at an attack. However, after it hits, if you're using those, if it hits even though you're using energy shield and you've tried your super sense and it fails, you would not, I would say, not be able to use them after the hit because they're defensive powers. Now, the other thing that I agree with that's coming in is that your damage is assigned after you stop the powers because it says when he hits, not when he deals damage, when he hits. So when he first hits, boom, your defense powers go away. Now here's the controversy, and here's the hope, and we've not put it out there in the wind for him, and Aaron Cantu keeps saying this, very consistent way they've done it, and I'm gonna believe him. He's been, He's gone through these type of rulings before. He's a very smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. The only glimmer of hope anybody has is if whiz kids and their thought process decided oh we really want the power to kind of work this way so we need to put this errata out there on how this is going to work or we need to answer this question and it can happen slim but it could happen here's the hope everybody has is that any defensive power that you could choose or be chosen from a possessor would also be negated now aaron says that in the past they've ruled that the defensive power has to be showing so it has to be on the defensive click. So if a trait gives you some type of defensive power like Invincible, you wouldn't be able to, this would not work against it because it's not in the defensive power slot. If you got it from Eclipse, so it's not in your defensive power slot, so you still keep your de- Eclipse so defense. If you chose it by Jakeem's trait, since it's not in there, it is not, or from the Supreme Intelligence, since you're getting it from somewhere else, it can't be taken away. Now, I'm of the same, I'm hoping that it just pretty much says, no, you can't use any. That means any defensive power. But it says can't use defense powers. I'm going to I'm gonna go with Aaron. Aaron's been there long enough. If, if we don't hear from WizKids, the, the standard ruling will be following the way everything else has been ruled in the past and how they've done this. However, this is very quiet on the subject. Nobody's asking the question. We're all going to hope it kind of works. I mean, we kind of hope that, oh, wow, if I can hit Jakeem with Green Arrow, Chase, boom, Jakeem can't use anything, so he can be one-shot killed. I can do three, and the next guy can do four or five, and he's gone. However, we don't know how it'll work. Well... We do. We're just all hoping it won't work that way. I know. It's just kind of silly, crazy. We're all hoping against hope. Is he a good piece? Oh, heck yeah. I think when he was designed, I don't think they thought about Jakeem. I think they designed him in thoughts of hitting Superman, following the Dark Knight Returns comic on how these three chases. And I wonder, like Superman, the Superman chase, which is the Dark Knight, is 230 points. So if you look at the other three chases, Batman is 100 points. Oh, Green Arrow's 80. And Robin is 45. So, Superman's 230. They're 225. Kind of matching up in the comics where they're against each other. Green Arrow, Robin, Batman, all fighting against Superman to take him down. So, 
it'd be interesting on how they kind of rule that, how they deal with it. However, another thing about that, outside of his special trait, is that now this is probably the number one call-in for Green Arrow. Just like Hawkeye's number one call-in is now the Chase Hawkeye from Avengers Defenders War. And everybody's seen the trick online on at Origins where you can use Hawkeye, the special Chase one, to kill a Bizarro Green Arrow in one turn. It's crazy. And now this Green Arrow has the ability to pop on the board, shoot somebody, pretty much take away all their defensive powers for you to do another follow-up shot to just kind of kill them off. So for five points, that's pretty impressive. He could probably sidestep away or you pick him up and carry, and boom, he's uh, gone. And you're looking at a huge amount of damage done to the piece that he targeted. The... So is he better as a call-in? Right now, he I think I think him and Hawkeye are more efficient. However, I I personally like to see him on a team. Now he is hindered by he can really only go one turn rest, one turn rest with his building. But it's very hard to target him. The chase Hawkeye can go over and over again, but he only has so much. He doesn't do a lot of damage. So right now they're high efficient as call-ins. However, could you make some teams? around them real boy teams as I like to call it they could uh, meta players yeah efficient call-ins but as soon as we lose that Hawkeye call-in card then you're gonna have to look at Hawkeye as a piece does he bring everything I think Green Arrow has a better shot at maybe being a real boy because everything he can do and his inability to be targeted but once again, he's more efficient as a call-in as of right now. Now, that's that kind of debate with those chase, and I just want to kind of throw it out there. But you know what? On the horizon, we also have something else that's starting to make an impact, and they've kind of thrown it out there. It is special terrain. The ring, the boxing ring is special terrain. You can put it and wherever you put it at. It is hindering terrain. The ropes are hindering terrain. And once you're inside the ring, it's a minus, it's a plus two to your defense against any range combat. And then if you're trying to shoot out of the ring to somebody outside the ring, you get minus, they get plus two to their defense. If, if you're shooting in, if you're, if you're outside the ring trying to shoot somebody inside the ring, you're getting plus two to your defense. Now the boxing ring can be placed anywhere. It just has very few limitations. Okay, the boxing ring is one, two, three. A six by six object. It can be placed. Um, it can be placed anywhere. It destroy. It becomes a new terrain. So it can change the landscape of a map. And it can also provide you protection. So for five points, and that's all it costs, you can change the aspect of a map. A map gives you some certain advantages. So even if you lost choice of map, you could destroy parts of the terrain and create a new type of terrain that could potentially benefit your team. And even... Two, three, four, five. Oh, wait, it's a four. It's a five by five, I'm sorry. It's a five by five. So if you're in there, it's a very good charging area. Um, it will give you some benefits. So 
on the horizon we're going to see these special trains because the invisible jet has already come out and said it's going to be has special train it's going to give some kind of a blocking train so right now we, we're getting these things that allow us to change the battlefield and i think that's going to be huge are you with it being a convention exclusive the ring is not going to be used a lot at venues but i think it'd be a fun one to use at venues however the invisible jet since it's going to be an op kit well a colossal kind of like dormammu it could see some more play at a local level i think the ring will seeing see a lot of play at a national and meta level and maybe even the invisible jet so the horizon of hero clicks new stuff's coming new stuff new rules new types of objects in the thor set special objects you're going to have um some watch list characters have changed got some chases they're going to make some big impacts and we got this special train that can change the aspect of a map for only five points hero clicks some people are going to take a wait and see some people are going to get kind of frustrated with it i'm excited when the game changes it just makes you change your skill set a little bit and i'm excited to go out and test myself with this new type of format and the way everything's going to be now i did want to review something uh aaron Cantu had put it out there it's the roll d20 it's a new way of playing online hero clicks it's not a plug and play not like um the one that crow maintains uh ohc open hero clicks i forget what he calls it hero clicks online uh anyway you can look it up he has had a lot of figures already downloaded in it and all that you just have to choose this roll d20 is a free service uh but you're gonna have to import your maps lay them up there you have to import um and resize the pictures of figures you have you can keep track of them there's some set up things that you have to do with it so it's not an instant you just log in and also all this stuff's here for you just choose your options you're going to have to do the creation but it's free it's a great tool for team testing because you don't have to own the figures you can see if you want to go buy the figure you can play it you would have to keep open uh your in your unit section the figures you're using uh, you'd have to keep open, you know, what their dial is because it's not going to show you the dial. It will keep track. It, it, you can go get tokens. You'd have to have tokens put on there so that you could tell, you know, when somebody's gone. Uh, so there's some setup on your end. I think it's hosted by one person, and the person who hosts it puts the objects out there, and you can choose them. Both people can use them. Uh, it looks like it can be easier run in the fact of a setup like i have to get all my figures together i have to bring it down to, have to set up a camera i have to lay my map out i have to get everything positioned i have to have all these physical objects and everything else is just on your computer pointing and clicking and after it's set up game might go by quicker however it loses that three-dimensional feel because more two-dimensional and the maps are more less artwork and more just elevation and uh, terrain uh, markers so you're only going to see red squares for the elevation you're not going to see a lot of artwork you're not going to see artwork so it's gonna it's gonna be i think great for team testing great for some online tournaments uh, for more tactical game, for more tactical use of hero clicks, uh, I I still like online with me and Mark play it for a more casual fun. 
where we just, you know, we're able to move our own pieces and have it all spread out and be more like, feel like we're playing hero clicks. So, but it looks amazing. I'm glad Aaron's kind of shown it. He's, they've actually done a couple of matches online. I'm pretty sure it was Aaron. Let me double check. It could have been Pat. I, I think it was Aaron. Aaron did it. It's on YouTube. Let me pull up YouTube. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. It is Pat Yaboko that's doing it. Aaron had posted out there a how-to. Oops. Whoa. Need to be quiet when I'm trying to record. I'm sorry. Airsoft didn't get it. If Majestic's putting it out, Paris Gordon and um, PJ Bolin, it's a grudge match. Episode 13, Superhero Showdown. Episode 13, Goblin King versus Peter the Hunter. There's also a tutorial on Roll D20, which is done by... Well, it's out there on my Facebook. So, Roll D20, quick guide. Two clicks from Kevin. Aaron did the... That's why it got me confused. Yeah, Aaron Cantu did the quick setup guide for the Roll D20. Majestics is the one putting out the current videos you can go look at, see see if you like it. Um, so, I'd say go look at it. It might be a great way to reach out. I've been loving playing Mark online. I don't know if I'd change, but this might be an easier way, like if we're both on the road and we can't have all our stuff with us, might be an easy way to kind of do it. Now, moving on, team build. Let's look at... My goal right now is doing some common, uncommon, and rare. And I kind of looked at it and I said, well, what kind of team could I build? I'm probably going to do a theme team. And I was able to. I did a Justice League theme team. All these guys are nothing higher than a rare. I went with the common Green Lantern of Elseworld 004 at 55 points. He's the one that can carry everybody. And if he rolls a five or six after carrying people, and he's the only Green Lantern on the board, which he will be, then... Green Lantern had the only figure with Green Lantern team ability on the board. When he when he rolls, if he rolls a five or six after moving them, then if he rolls a five, one person can be given a non-free action. If he rolls a six, then two people can be. So I surrounded him with Diana Ryder, the Wonder Woman, the Justice Rider, the Wonder Woman Justice Rider, Diana Prince. Uh, I put that on there i just love that ability to take tokens off with the new rules she'll be there she can roll leadership she can get plus one attack to all of them she can also take tokens off of them since they're all being carried around by green lantern and she can take a token off green lantern currently because he's lower points than her also i put on there shifting focus batman especially with the new batman added to it he can he has a lot of options a lot of abilities i also put a shifting focus superman I think his ability to shift in and out will allow him to bring another lot of versatility to the team. It'll give another attacker. So you've got two main attackers in in the Wonder Woman and the Superman. Both can have uh, Indom. And then finally, my last 25 points is with the Casey Greenland, Casey Ray at his 25 point uh, isolated from the world. His ability to shut somebody down, to be able to say, no, you're not going to do anything. With his special trait from the world, hidden from the world, isolated from the world, I believe. 
pull him up. Let me read this trade. That could be game-changing, especially against a temp pole. Uh, here it is. Isolate from the violent world. Ray begins the game placed at least six squares from your starting area and not adjacent to another character. When on quick 11, he can't be moved or placed. When he's the only character on your force or an opposing character quickly hits another friendly character, you may turn him to click six and he can't be healed for the rest of the game. His special power on that, he's got an 18 defense with energy shield deflection. Justice shines bright. Give the Ray a free action, choose an opposing character within eight squares. Doesn't say on fire. Well, no, it does in this next part. Until your next turn, if the ray has line of fire to that character, that character can't make attacks. They can move, but they can't make attacks. So he can sit there, and I can see you, so you can't do anything. You can run around, but you can't attack anybody. So I am shining justice. So I think that would be a fun team. I don't know how good it would be. Kind of put together based on a Justice League, and I kind of wanted that Wonder Woman, that Green Lantern, the shifting focus Superman, and shifting focus Batman bring four figures to the team, each meaning that there'll be one on the board and three off the board waiting to come in. And then the Ray just brings a neat little power and can, you know, possibly get put on the board on his 11 phasing, 10 attack, 19 defense, 2 damage with support. Not bad. He can't be healed. He's currently got a regen on that last click. He wouldn't be able to be healed. But it's a 19 defense. It'll be hard to kill on that. And he can then heal up your characters if he ever came on the board. So, I don't know. Uh, I might try this one. It's just a thought process of pulling up commons. And I'm continually doing this, trying to improve my team building. And also just trying to see if there are some commons, uncommons, and rares that can kind of work together to be a highly competitive team and fun. Thanks for listening to Heroclix Borderlands, episode 22, The Day After Tomorrow. I want to thank everybody that has been following me and all the new listeners. I'm humbled by just the experience of starting this podcast. Started this podcast as just a way to reach out, keep my interest in Heroclix going, and and this podcast continues to grow. Appreciate it. I remember when I first started out, my first few episodes, only 20, 25 people. I was happy to see 30 people. And now we are breaking over 115 downloads every episode. So I appreciate you. Keep sharing it. Keep enjoying it. I can't say enough how much you all keep me loving this game and just wanting to do more and more with this game. Well, if you have any comments, questions, or any anything that you want to add to this program, please email me at lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN. You can like our Facebook page and you can search on Facebook by typing in at Heroclix Borderlands. Please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. They love to see your reviews. It kind of helps us out. I'd love to hear any new team ideas you might have, anything that you might think might be competitive, anything that you think could be abusive. Uh, If you're looking for an online match or have a team you want to play against a team I'm trying to put together, please contact me. I'd love to get online and play on Google Hangouts. Love to hear from other viewers going to your state rocks or going to the uh, Rocktober. You can email any errors or clarifications I need to make. Send it to that email address I said before. And remember, 
continue to keep rolling double sixes because when you roll double sixes, you never miss. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.